Happy one year to all the listeners out there. We are celebrating with our 52nd episode of the podcast. Our presenting sponsor this week is Underdog Fantasy. Use our code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Get a free deposit match up to $100 in bonus cash. This week, we got a great show for you guys. Great, great, great show. We're going to be bringing back reports. We're going to be doing our Royal Decree, which is a player that we are adamant about this year, a player that we are all planning our flag on. We are going to be wax sealing these players for the upcoming season. We're going to do a little superlatives edition of the 2021 season, quick recap to celebrate our one year anniversary. And then we're going to wrap it up with a Max's trade corner. And maybe just maybe you might hear a live trade go down. Beyond that, we're going to be announcing the Jersey giveaway. So stay tuned again. We are presented by underdog fantasy use code monarchy M O N A or C H Y for a free deposit match up to $100 and everybody out there congrats on the one year and let's get it why hello there my fellow kings and queens welcome to the dynasty monarchy podcast where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come now allow me to introduce you to your hosts max peter and jace here we Go episode number 52, one year anniversary of the podcast, episode number 52 of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. It is Wednesday, August 10th, whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Pod, Spotify, however that may be, welcome, welcome in one year anniversary of the podcast. And it wouldn't be right if we didn't have everybody here as well. So celebrate our one year. We got Jace out in the desert, super producer Nixie and Max up in Cleveland, gentlemen, one year. Congrats. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this episode for a very long time. And, you know, we're, we're going through the, the docket, like, you know, planning it out. And I actually just got a lot more excited with the news I just figured out. So I, I can't wait to share it. And I can't wait to, uh, to I don't want to say rub it in your face, but rub it in your face. Oh, rub it in my face, of course. <laughs> Jace, how are you feeling? Feeling good, man. I literally just got done eating my last bite of dinner and I feel revitalized. I feel like I got some energy in me. The anniversary is giving me some energy and I think we got a, I think we got a really solid episode planned. So I'm excited to get into it. Super producer, what's, what's happening? Yeah, man, you can just share the sentiment of being excited. You know, it's pretty, pretty crazy. It's probably crazier for you guys because, you know, I haven't been on the podcast for a year. Um, but for you guys being a year into it, going every single week, uh, it's just awesome, man. I mean, it just shows, I mean, one full year, every single Tuesday, every other day. I mean, the, the odd episodes. I mean, it's really, it shows that you guys are committed to it. And I'm excited that, you know, you guys brought me in along the way. And I'll be excited to, to celebrate my one year whenever that comes around. But, you know, it's just sweet to see. Um, see the progress that's been made so far. So I'm uh, excited for the episode. We'll throw a big shindig for your uh, one year Nixie, but we're not going to linger on the anniversary too much. We'll get into the sentiment a little bit later. Uh, but before we start, Max, what's going on? Oh, you know, I was just thinking like Nixie brought up how far we've come. Like when you listen to episode one and then after like you're listening to this now, but if you go back and you listen to them like back to back, like it's absolutely crazy. And we've come so far and I'm just, I'm proud of all you guys and Nixie. I want to give a special shout out to you because we really, we couldn't do it without you, man. So even though you haven't we been here for a year, you're still, 
just as vital as ever. He's the glue. Big glue guy, Nick C. Um, with that being said, guys, wanted to talk a little bit about uh, external football, not fantasy football related, before we get into the episode. Currently, at the time of recording, we have hard knocks on. Hard Knocks with the Detroit Lions. Uh, I feel like every year, the first episode of Hard Knocks is fun. And then it just kind of tails off and everybody stops watching. Everybody's just bored of it by then. But if you had the opportunity to pick a singular team that's not your own for them to be on Hard Knocks, and let it say it's not the Lions, who would it be for this upcoming season? It's a great question. I, I think the Lions, I think it's going to be really fun with Dan Campbell there and just the energy that he brings. But if I had to pick a team that wasn't the Browns or wasn't, I mean, I think it would be really fun for the Browns this year with Deshaun. I really do. But no, they wouldn't show. <laughs> they wouldn't show anything. <laughs> They'd cut him out of everything. They'd just pretend like he didn't exist. I I think it'd be pretty fun. But I'd probably have to go with uh, the Broncos, man. I I think Russ has taken America by the horns with uh, Broncos country. Let's ride. I think just to see that whole team come together with the whole Melvin Gordon, Javonta. Sutton, Judy, all that, Russ being there. I don't know. They just got bought by the Walmart CEO or whatever. So I think it could be exciting there in Denver. Mr. Mr. Unlimited. So I think for me, this team, I don't know. They, they definitely wouldn't qualify as a hard knocks team, but I'd like to, you know, every single year now, it's like this could be Tom's last year. And it was almost Tom's last year this past, uh, mm. this off season. So I think, get the cameras out. Let's follow Tom around for maybe his last uh, go around. So the Buccaneers, although they wouldn't qualify, I think I would, they would be my choice. I'd like to see what goes on behind the scenes there. And I think for me, my choice would be the New York football jets for sure. (laughs) I think it would be nice to see. uh, Yeah. Of course the dog, Zach Wilson. See uh, RB3, Brees Hall, and then just seeing Sauce Gardner lock up every single wide receiver, I think that would be pretty exciting for me. RB3, I, have a buddy, I have a buddy that works for the Jets in their PR department, and he said, uh, like, fan meet and greets and anything like that, Sauce Gardner is at least two hours late. But if you see him <laughs> at the practice field, he is on the field at, like, 7 in the morning. He'll take, like, when he shows up, it's, like, 6.30 in the morning, you see Sauce, like, stretching on the field. But, like, the meet and greet, everything like that, that man could give less of a SHIT about. So, <laughs> that's hysterical. Uh, in my personal opinion, I think – call it a homer pick. Max is going to get angry. Max has a vendetta against the city of Philadelphia. That would be a insane hard knock. Nick Sirianni is just a weirdo. Howie Roseman is a nutcase. And then Jalen being, like – is this the year Jalen Jalen's here? AJ Brown's here. The no excuses kind of wave. Jason Kelsey's funny, like in a freaky way. That D line is is they got some like huge dudes on that D line. I feel like I feel like the Eagles would be a really fun place to uh, have hard knocks. But again, they've been too good as late. Yeah, so see, we can't pick our own teams and picks the Eagles. They're not my team. They're my, they're my second team. I live in the city. How am I not going to pull for the, the city I live in? I think they'd be fine. I... Your anti-Philly bias is showing. No, no. <laughs> I like them. Good choices all around. All right. With that being said, we are going to get into the episode here. 
we wanted to thank our sponsor, Underdog, for coming back for another week. Underdog is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football. Underdog Fantasy lets you draft a season-long best ball team in just seconds. A lot of people out there, they really don't know what best ball exactly is. Let me tell it to you. It is stress-free fantasy. Stress-free fantasy football is a best ball league. Your draft's the key. You draft a good team. There's no waiver, no trades, no start-sit decisions. Your best team is automatically put in and scores the best possible points that you could have in that week. Stress-free fantasy football. Draft your team. Don't think about it again. Underdog Fantasy is one of the leaders in the industry, and we have a code with them. They love us so much. They want to help out our listeners. Use the code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, and get a free deposit match of up to $100 in bonus cash. M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y for $100. So, yeah, like Peter said, they're definitely looking to help you guys out with the uh, deposit match. And they're also helping you out in another way as well, indirectly through us. Uh, So if you guys are using this code, this is what allows us to do these jersey giveaways. We've had three so far. Uh, We're going to be announcing the one today. So it definitely helps us out a lot to kind of put these giveaways on for you guys and uh, give back to you guys. So great point. Yeah, great definitely. Point. And and with that being said, I feel like we shouldn't delay any further. Uh, Max, I think you're the resident liker of this guy. I think you're the highest on this guy. So I'm going to let you uh, tell the people who we're giving away. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good guesses. I mean, we did four hints throughout these past couple of weeks. I think my favorite guest was Mike Boone of the Denver backfield. I don't know if you guys Ooh. saw that one. <laughs> I, I thought, that. Uh, thought that was pretty funny, pretty clever there by uh, by Mason. But we are giving away the one and only Javonta Williams, number 33, Broncos country. Let's ride. Let's ride. Um, I'm, I'm pretty big on him, but there's no bigger than Kev K out there. So, Kev, I know you're really excited when you're listening to this, but it's a really, really, really sharp jersey. Jace, I'll let you describe the details of it. Yeah, we got the highlighter orange type uh, with blue accents, white numbers. It's a signed Javonta Williams jersey. And uh, we're going to put out a tweet for this, but just in case these people are listening, uh, at dworkum7, at Kevin Kukla 10 at Brennan White 93 at Riker Thomas 3 at Frog Card Candy. We got all your votes tallied. I don't have them uh, totaled up right now. We'll put it out for an official tweet just to let you guys know how many free entries you've uh, gotten through guessing um, towards our hints that we've been releasing on Twitter. So thank you for participating in that. Um, But we're also going to be putting out an official tweet with your um, tallied up free entries, as long as an official tweet for the giveaway where a retweet and a follow is going to get you one entry into the giveaway. And then if you sign up with that monarchy code over on underdog fantasy, you can get yourselves free entries into the Jersey giveaway. And I think we're going to let it run for a little bit. Um, see what kind of traction we can get Thursday opening day. I believe it is the eighth. Yep. So we're going to give it a little bit of runtime. Um, see if we can kind of spread the word, like we said, or like Nixie brought up, um, you know, the more people we can get to sign up, with our underdog code, the more giveaways uh, that we can do. We do want to be a tool for you guys, fantasy-wise, podcast-wise, but we also kind of want to be fun um, and interesting and give away some some really cool items. So, Javonta Williams signed NFL jersey giveaway. Check Twitter for all the official details. All right, let's get into reports, guys. All right, I'm a little bit nervous. Max said that he has some information over my head 
uh, when it comes to the reports that we're seeing right now. So first and foremost, Deontay Johnson signs his two-year tender with the Pittsburgh Steelers, $36.7 million guaranteed. Uh, that just spells one thing for me, goodbye, Chase Claypool. The Pittsburgh Steelers made the correct decision, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, they definitely had to keep Deontay. I love the deal for him personally from a fantasy aspect. Like DK, this will put him out at 27. Um, it's not a three-year deal. It's a two-year deal. He's 25 right now. So 27 is still going to be in the prime of his career there. All I've been hearing out of Pittsburgh camp, though, is George Pickens, George Pickens, this. Are we buying that hype? JB, I know you are. I like some George Pickens for sure, um, but he's kind of like ultimate risk, ultimate reward. And I think for me, I'm just kind of trusting that the Pittsburgh Steelers and their history with wide receivers, they've just been able to churn out excellent fantasy option after excellent fantasy option. And, uh, you know, if Claypool's gone and Deontay's there for only two years, you know, this could be George Pickens' team in just a handful of years. And, um, you know, he was drafted to be a true one. So he's got all the ability in the world. I, I think he's going to disappoint. Let's not forget about the quarterback situation. But long term, I'm in on George Pickens. Deontay Johnson, Max, I'm with you. I'm not the biggest Deontay guy right now because I feel like people are finally paying that price that he's been worth over the past two or three years as a volume play with Big Ben. But now he's got such a, you know, I know Big Ben was bad last year, but he was still a very smart quarterback. And all he did was shovel passes over, uh, over to Deontay to see what he could do after the catch. So I think Deontay... Uh, great buy low heading in this season. I think he'll be a great middle of the season buy low. And if you're a rebuilder, like Max said, he'll be heading heading right into his prime uh, when it's time to either separate with the Steelers or sign a big extension. And hopefully by then they've worked out their quarterback issues. All right, moving forward, let's take a look out in Los Angeles. I've been hearing this kind of news about a year ago on Hard Knocks, actually, about Dak's shoulder and his elbow and it being a pitching-like uh, injury instead of a quarterback-like injury. Matt Stafford dealing with elbow tendonitis. Jace being the former pitcher, uh, D1 pitcher, actually. Uh, I was a catcher, so I didn't have that much strain and wear and tear on my arm. Jace, can you give a little bit of insight firsthand on what this elbow tendonitis would be like? Yeah, I've never – myself, I never really had elbow tendonitis. I My career kind of ended um, – due to a surgery called an ulnar nerve transposition because I had ulnar neuritis where my ulnar nerve was swollen and popping out of the natural canal that runs through your elbow. Sounds lovely. Um, yeah. Good time. Good time. But I, I would imagine, you know, he's recovering from surgery. I, I can imagine he's just dealing with a lot of fatigue, a lot of, uh, you know, I bet his grip strength, I bet it kind of loosens throughout the day. I bet he loses that throughout the day. So I don't think it's anything super duper long-term. I've been seeing clips of him throwing the ball around the yard. They're just going to have to pitch count him, uh, make sure he takes care of that thing, make sure he, he's doing his arm care and things of that nature. So I think he's fine. If anything, you know, I've been hearing it all over the place. If you're looking for a reason to put Justin Jefferson over Cooper cup, this is your reason. Cause maybe Stafford, you know, they want to run the ball, protect his arm a little bit and let him kind of warm up to cook as the season goes. Yeah, I did see that he resumed throwing today. Um, I'm a little worried just given his age. He's 34 years old, like Dak had this before, and we've seen it a couple times. And Dak's obviously, he's only 28, so he's a little younger. Um, but, I mean, these guys, they have the best doctors in the world. They have the best medical staff around them. So 
I'm not overly concerned, but I wouldn't be paying that Matthew Stafford in the Superflex League. Wouldn't be paying that Matthew Stafford premium price that we saw him do last year, if that makes sense. One other quick yes. thing, too. Matthew Stafford has been and always will be just a gamer. Like, all he's ever done is just tough through injuries. I mean, his whole time in Detroit, that's all he was doing. So if it gets to the point where he's like legitimately missing time at some point during the season, I'll get nervous and I'll get scared because I mean, doctors will be the only people that keep him off the field. So, um, you know, just wanted to throw that out there. If he can play, he's going to play. So uh, just kind of monitor how much he is actually playing when the season comes around. Stafford has actually been one of the models of consistency in the NFL over the last couple of years. He's just always been a good, not incredible quarterback. This past season, he had a little bit of an uptick in production uh, from what we've seen in the past. And he obviously had a great year supporting the number one wide receiver. But this upcoming season, again, it's going to be hard for that wide receiver to repeat naturally. So I think it's going to be a little bit harder for Stafford to repeat the year he had last year. But again, second year in the system. The only thing that is scaring me right now is this elbow news. Uh, we saw Dak take a step back last year, despite all the uh, the praise that he's been getting and garnered uh, the prior year. So just keep an eye out, see how things are progressing. If he's throwing at 100% effectiveness in the next coming weeks, I would be completely fine with buying in on him in Superflex. But again, be wary. Would I rather have him or Kirk Cousins in Superflex? That's an argument now. I know totally. Kirk Cousins totally. definitely has the ceiling play. But Matt Stafford had that stability, and now the stability is shaking a little bit. The, the boat is beginning to rock with Stafford. So we'll see if the tide kind of breaks right now. Totally agree. Very well said. Moving forward, let's take a look. Preseason games are here. We saw Josh Jacobs touch the ball too many times. I was actually screaming at my television. I have firsthand account. There's people <laughs> who want to verify this. As Josh Jacobs' owner, my heart literally jumped out of my chest. So Josh Jacobs touched the ball a lot. Any concern about him actually playing in the preseason? I know Josh McDaniels kind of shut that down, but again, that could be coach speak. No, I mean, no concern. I, I definitely felt the same way as you. I think the last preseason game, the first one last year, Peter, was the football team. And whenever Gibson would touch the ball, like I had so many Gibson shares, I'd just panic and just be like, why is he playing this, this, and that? It just leads to unnecessary injuries. Uh, the one thing that I do find interesting about Jacobs that they actually shut down today or yesterday was that there, there were some rumors that he was being traded around, chopping around. Um, so that could play factor in it, but I guess McDaniel shot it down and they're not, they don't plan on trading Josh Jacobs, but they didn't pick up his fifth year extension here. So who knows what will happen? I think a trade for Jacobs would honestly be the best case scenario, but other than that, just doesn't not fun seeing your starters play. Who would you want trading for him? If you had the option. Uh, probably like a team like the Dolphins or the Falcons, someone like that. I think they could both use a running back. Um, those are just two of the first teams that popped to my mind, I guess. Yeah, I, I think I saw a piece where the coaches came out and said he hasn't taken like hard contact in quite some time. That's why they wanted to get him out there and take some NFL tackles again. So, you know, you don't want to put your guys out there to risk, but it, it did serve a purpose in a way. So, um, as it goes for trade talks, one of the things I tweeted out a long time ago, uh, this is probably a month and a half ago is like, Jacobs has always given me like Marshawn Lynch, Buffalo to Seattle vibes. Like he's just waiting to find himself on the team. That's truly going to utilize his three down skill set and give him the rock because he is uber talented. Like when you watch him, 
uber, uber talented. He had, you know, Gruden there for years who just, you know, quite inept at this point or at that point in his coaching career. Um, so I, I would love to see him somewhere else. I think he's a pretty good buy low in dynasty uh, because of that. Just um, people, the Zamir, the Zamir white train is just going full steam ahead right now all over Twitter. Uh, Kenyon Drake is getting a little bit of pump about how he's looking better. I don't know. I think Jacobs came into the league super young, had a decent workload, but I think he's uh, he's built to withstand and running backs on their second contracts, especially on new teams, usually don't hit. But I'm just I'm just kind of in on it. I don't know why. Yeah, uh, Jacobs. Uh, I'm a Jacobs holder, so take everything I say with a grain of salt here. But when I've had him in the past, he has either performed where I want him to perform, or he has performed below that. He has never exceeded my expectations in his NFL career so far. I know he had a couple good seasons his first two years, finishing top 24 at running back. But we've never seen that explosive top, you know, six upside from Jacobs. Uh, the offense isn't particularly keen on that. But with the addition of Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, finally going to have a healthy year coming up. Plus Derek Carr, this Patriots system. There's so many question marks with Jacobs moving into this upcoming season. If I was a competitor, which I am, and I had other options at running back and teams were willing to trade and fair value Josh Jacobs, I would move off of him. But nobody wants to pay fair value for him right now. Yeah, and I think you were going to say, like, if you had other options at running back, which you don't. Um, but I don't think those words came out of your mouth. All right, we'll move on before any uh, fighting happens <laughs> between me and Max. Uh, unofficial depth charts have come out. Max RIP to one of your early takes. TDP looks like he's the RB4 in San Francisco. Any quick hitting thoughts? Just tough. You know, I, I put in chat this, this morning. I said, rip TDP. Peter thought he probably died or something or something bad happened. Jay said to explain I it. thought he tore his ACL. Yeah, something bad. But I, didn't, I didn't clarify. I just said rip TDP was at the zoo. But I wasn't expecting much from TDP. I think he's very talented. I liked his tape in college and the landing spot. We've seen running backs in that Shanahan system kind of shuffle through. So I wasn't expecting him to be like the number one backs right away. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a whole lot to be said right now in the offseason with these unofficial depth charts. I'm just like completely ignoring them. Tyler Algier for the Falcons, who's gotten a decent amount of hype, is listed as their eighth running back on the roster. So he is not their eighth running back on the roster. I could be their freaking eighth running back on the roster. Like who the hell even? So <laughs> no, I'm ignoring every single bit of these. It's just the nature of it. And they got to quote unquote, earn their spot. I think that's why the coaches set it out the way it is. So what's the likelihood today from what you're hearing in camp that he actually finds an inside track to at least start, let's say four games this year for them. I feel like if he is a starter for four games, he's worth a bench spot in Dynasty. TDP? Yes. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I think Jeff Wilson's old and washed. I really don't believe in Elijah Mitchell at all. Um, Trey Sermon, we've seen what he can do. Who knows? But in that running offense, I don't know. Like, he's going to need some injuries, and we've known that for a while. So the likelihood he starts four games, slim. I don't know. I give it a decent – percent chance I do just kind of feel like this is going to be the one year where like Elijah Mitchell no draft capital whatsoever was a darling last season 
they draft TDP, Trey Sermon's getting a bunch of hype in the offseason. I feel like this is going to be the one year where Mitchell just kind of defeats that narrative that there's been a leading rusher in San Francisco. It just kind of feels like a almost like a regression thing. Like it, it just can't keep switching like this. And they were really, I mean, they were willing to give Mitchell the the you know the work down the stretch. I have 27 carries plus in some games. So um I don't know. I, I really I just don't want to be very invested in the San Francisco 49ers backfield. I know it's successful. I know it scores a lot of points, but trying to figure out who that person is, is just so, so, so tough. I think for me, I'm just taking, if I'm doing drafts, redraft or startup, I'm just taking whichever one falls last. I'm going to take the best value possible. And I do think you'll probably end up getting a start or two out of whoever that is. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like betting on roulette, red or black. You just like, oh, I, oh, that's red, and then it falls black, and be like, okay, it's gonna go red this time, and it's black, and then you switch, and then it switches back. It's just, it's just, yeah. I feel like you never hit the nail on the head with San Francisco, and it always finds a way to burn you. Yeah, I, I like them a lot more in daily fantasy than in best ball, um, rather than just straight up redraft or dynasty fantasy football. All right, moving on. Brees Hall's running with the third team. Uh, and he's listed as the RB3. Any concern? I, I feel like there's absolutely none. The draft yeah. capital's there. Yep, no concern. All right, last one. Sorry. None. All right, last one we're going to look at. Traylon is running with the second team. I actually do have a little bit of concern with Traylon because of this. Not a lot, a little bit. Not because he's running with the second team, because of what we heard earlier in camp. Plus this now. Jace is the resident Traylon guy. The floor is yours. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I, I feel like I learned my lesson with Jamar Chase last season, not saying Traylon's going to be Jamar Chase, but man, every negative piece that, I mean, I'm probably, there's probably receipts of me on this podcast. Like, yeah, Jamar Chase is dropping balls. Can't say it doesn't feel good to see that happen. And me just victory lapping over preseason stuff. I've learned my lesson with that. I don't know. I just, I'm really not concerned about this. The dude was just an elite, elite, elite prospect until the combine. And then he ended up getting the first round draft capital anyways. He's the direct replacement of AJ Brown, who people compared him to. I just, I think he's a great fit on that team. I just hope people keep driving that, that price down. And if you're in rookie drafts right now and you could get him at like 105, 106 in a one quarterback league, I mean, that is some insane, insane value. He's still probably, uh, he's probably a top two pick for me, depending on if I need a running back or a wide receiver in rookie rookie drafts. Is he your number one wide receiver off the board? Yes. Or if you're finding a rookie draft now? Yes, over Drake London. Yes. Okay, we'll keep moving forward. Max, do you have any opinion? Uh, yeah, I mean, my opinion, I'm not really concerned at all. I own him in a, a couple leagues, I would say, but not too many to have, like, a big piece of the pie, I guess, you, if you want to put it. But I mean, I was looking at it today, like Nick Akeem Westbrook or whatever his name is, I guess has been doing really good and stuff like that. Like, I don't, I don't believe we've seen what he could do. I, we got, obviously I'm losing my mind over here actually thinking about it. Just the trail on draft <laughs> capital, his size, his speed, the talent, the situation, they trade AJ Brown, they draft literally Traylon Burks, who's AJ Brown 2.0 in that offense. I, I don't, I really think it goes back to, I don't forget who said it, but like earning your spot, earning your dues, like if you're worried about that then I think you should be worried about Brees Hall being named the third string running back at this point like I think it's all just silly news to be honest 
Yeah, for me in particular, I think Traylon is going to be fine. I think he'll find his way onto the field week one and start for them. Anybody's concerned, uh, I wouldn't be insanely concerned. They traded away A.J. Brown when they probably had a little bit more leverage than they thought uh, with him and in signing him. I, I just feel like there are other options. And this is something that I try to say all the time. And I feel like it falls on deaf ears for myself in, in particular as well. There's a lot of players in fantasy football. And to find risky players and like put shove all your chips in on them, especially with where they're going in rookie drafts, like in our league, if Jace is going to take him at 102, there is 102, 101, and then potentially 103, 104. There's no way if he was my guy that I would try to jump Jace just because I realized there is a risk with him when there's more stable players out there. And I've always been a floor person over a ceiling person. I'll take guys with higher floors that have less of ceilings just because I know the output that they're going to have every week. So do you, I mean, I get you're going to take Traylon over Drake or Drake London over Traylon. Where do you rank him right now? in like the rookie wide receivers, Peter. Well, I feel like when you're going and rating these rookie wide receivers, do you want to rank them in a dynasty outlook or a contender outlook? I feel like Traylon has more contender outlook than Garrett Wilson, but I feel like Garrett Wilson is a quote unquote better receiver. In my That's humble opinion, watching a lot of tape on both of them. Yeah, Garrett Wilson went performing the draft. But um, I would say Dynasty Outlook, considering we're a Dynasty podcast. Yeah, so if you're in a full Dynasty, I'd rather have Garrett Wilson over him. I'm borderline on Olave, the way that Olave is looking. I've, I've always liked Olave. Uh, I remember talking to you about it, Max, with Ohio State in college, just liking Olave. Um, and I kind of liked Olave over Garrett Wilson uh, while I was watching co- – while I was watching college games. And then I realized Olave was getting the number two DB. So, but no, there's a lot of receivers I'd rather have over, over Traylon in this class in particular in a dynasty outlook, but in a contender outlook, you're trying to win it all this year and you want a little bit of youth on that squad. Traylon's probably up there with London with me. Traylon or Christian Watson? Traylon. Close though. Very close. What? By a mile, Traylon. Very close. In Dynasty? Mm. Mm. All right. This is why we have disagreements. Let's keep moving. We got a lot of news. We have uh, a couple more items here. Javante and Melvin Gordon on a pitch count. Again, this this news means nothing to me. Mike Boone is not going to get the the carries. Yeah, this is uh, pretty irrelevant to me as well. I, I feel like the news blurb is more so kind of like hinting at another – 50-50 split this upcoming season where they're kind of managing both guys. So in a way, I do think that is kind of concerning and noteworthy, but I've also heard a lot of reports that Melvin Gordon is starting to get phased out. He's running more with the twos and the threes rather than the ones. Um, but I don't know. Javante is a mid second round pick um, in redrafts right now, depending on your format, he's in the second round. Uh, I, that is an expensive price to pay uh, for a guy that could end up in a straight up committee once again, and could look a lot more like a dead zone running back that comes out of the third or fourth round. So I don't know, hopefully this helps drive the price down because I would probably be a sucker for him in the third round, but second round, especially earlier mid, I count me out. Yeah. Thinking about Javante, I think this is something that 
the fantasy community needs to realize. Again, we love him. We're giving away the jersey on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy over there. Uh, shout out to everybody that's already participated in one way or another. But when you look at Javonta, we talk about A.J. Dillon, right? And we say with A.J. Dillon, something that's important is what if uh, Aaron Jones goes down? You know, his value is through the roof. His value is X, Y, Z. And, we, you know, it's in, unfathomable how much he would go for, right? When you think of Javonta Williams, the price that you're paying relative to the risk that Javonta goes down is absurd. So let's say he's a rookie. He's a sophomore running back who has never been injured in his career. I don't think he missed any games last year. If he misses four games and is running a 50% split with Russell Wilson in the offense, I find it hard for him to finish in the top 24 this upcoming season. I feel like he has to have a perfect season to finish in the top 24 if he's splitting carries the way that he is. I feel like he is completely overvalued. By no means am I betting against the talent. I'm just betting against the draft position uh, this upcoming season. I'm the same way. Melvin Gordon, the last two seasons, played 15 games in 2020, 16 and 2021. Past two years, he's been the model of health. If I don't know. It's just like like you said, either guy could go, could go down. It's their backfield. So I do think you're getting one you better get the other two yes and that's a very expensive handcuff in melvin yes. gordon yes all right keep moving on kareem hunt kicking kareem uh, my favorite nickname for him he wants out he wants out of cleveland i'll defer to the land the land boys walk me through it he's 27 years old and wants to get paid before his time runs out Nick Chubb and him are boys like Nick Chubb actually made a post the other day or said something about how he loves Kareem, loves being out there with them. But I mean, if Kareem leaves, I think there's two ways to look at this. I think Nick Chubb's value goes really through the roof, um, especially with no Deshaun Watson. They're going to have to rely on Nick Chubb. Obviously, teams can key on that. But also like Kareem, like imagine if he goes back to the Chiefs or if he goes to the Falcons or if he goes to a really good team, man. I mean, if you're doing like redraft leagues right now, I get they said they're not going to trade him, but if they do, his value could go really, really high up for one year. Yeah, I think, you know, we'd been kind of hinting, Max, I think you were the first person to bring it up, or Nixie, I forget who it was, talking about him, the Browns moving on from him, and uh, we were just kind of fantasizing about it, then all of a sudden he's demanding a trade. It was like, yeah, here we go. And then the Browns were like, no, 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 no. He's not going anywhere. So it's going to be interesting to see if he does end up going anywhere. But my God, if he goes anywhere where there's a quarterback that shows a decent check down rate and it's uh, got, you know, not the worst line in the NFL in front of him, Kareem Hunt is just, he's amazing when it comes to fantasy football. So uh, I'm a Browns fan, but I'm, I think I'm an even bigger fantasy fan. I, I would like to see him back in Kansas City 100,000%. Something I will say, we've touched on Kansas City here. We understand our viewers are smarter than the average bear, as they like to say. Uh, so they know what is going on with Kareem Hunt and the values of the players. We don't have to go into much of depth. But have you guys been hearing the news on Isaiah Pacheco that I've been hearing? A uh, lot that of I'm, I'm, I'm taking my victory lap now before it crumbles and falls. A lot of, lot of hype, a lot of dis. Uh disdain for ronald jones ceh is just kind of meh out there 
So, yeah, it, he was running. Pacheco was running out of the slot today, I think I heard. So a lot of hype. But, man, I just I'm really trying to stay out of the Twitter sphere right now. There's just so much noise going on. It's so hard to sift through all of it. So I I'm not going out to pay any premium right now. That That's for sure. Yeah, I'm with Jace 100 percent. I really the anti Rutgers, the anti New Jersey takes. They don't want to see. They don't want to see us winning. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you where the guy went to school. I didn't even know the guy existed until I saw Kev K pick him up in both leagues and act so unrational. Max, Max I, I, we talked about him on the podcast. How are you going to say that we don't? We didn't know. Peter, I don't. The guys, that's how worthless he is to me. I wouldn't pay. Ooh. I wouldn't pay the price. He still has no face on sleeper. And I don't like to pay for players that don't have a face on sleeper, Peter. <laughs> 2025 third. I hate the 25 class because they're in high school right now, so I'll do it. Okay, yeah. you would. 2024 third. Ooh, we're getting into the freshman in college now. <laughs> I don't know. For me, like I said, I, I, I hate the, the future draft capital past 23. Um Sure, I'll pay a 24 third because I think they're easy to recoup. All right, let's move on. J.K. Dobbins looks like he's going to be ready for week one while Gus Edwards is doubtful. Uh, I feel like we've talked about J.K. Dobbins uh, a lot on this podcast. He is irrelevant to me at this point. With Lamar Jackson there running the ball, they are not going to have a stable enough running offense where the running back gets enough of the touches. Uh, Lamar is not going to be able to throw well enough at all to support a running offense, if that makes sense. I hope that made sense, but I just I just don't think Dobbins is going to ever recoup the value that he was uh, getting drafted at. I'm not paying the price that people want from JK right now. I'm very concerned about the injury history, the rushing offense, as Peter mentioned. There's a lot of guys that I'd rather have, like in a dynasty format, I'd almost rather have Derrick Henry than J.K. Dobbins just because Ooh. I don't trust him at all. And I'm not a Derrick Henry fan, as we found out last episode. Yeah, I think if this is going to drive his price up significantly, I, I'm not a buyer. I think he's kind of falling into that RB dead zone right now and redraft uh, value, and that's just kind of a – that's just a tough investment to make in dynasty or in redraft. But um, I don't know. I, you know, I think Gus is eventually going to get healthy. I think JK, you know, although he might be ready for week one, I do think it's going to be kind of a build up to get him fully ready to go. I'm kind of with you guys where, you know, the rushing pie is just kind of not big enough for everyone. Um, Lamar bulked up. He looks like he's ready to run this year. So you know, I don't know. I JK has been a guy that's been based off of efficiency uh, rather than volume uh, while he's been in the NFL, pretty much any Baltimore running back that's been the case for. So he doesn't catch the ball. The Lamar doesn't check it down. And for good reason, he's just crazy with the ball in his hands. Um, so I, I don't know if I'm in a standard league, if, if standard leagues are still around and people are playing that, I think J.K. Dobbins is a. Around. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I do not know that many people that play in standard still, but if you do, I do think J.K. will end up being a premium asset. All right, last piece of camp news that we got before we really get into the episode: James Robinson's taking reps with the ones. Travis Etienne's stock, I think, took a tiny little bit of a hit, but I have no problem. I feel like, I feel like the whole 
fantasy football community is rising on ETN right now, uh, week after week after week. Are you selling the hype? Are you selling, even though right now maybe his stock has taken a little bit of a dip due to this news? I currently am competing in every single league. I'm not rebuilding at all right now. I'm, I have the fortune to be there right now. So I really don't have any ETN shares, but what do you guys think of him, uh, those that are rebuilding? I just think it's all just hypocritical news. I mean, just last week it was ETN's the best player out of camp down there and he's been turning heads and just being so great. And then his stock goes up and then James Robinson running with the ones. I think it's good to see James Robinson back out there and healthy after the Achilles. Um, but I, I really am buying into ETN. If there's any slight dip here, I would totally buy that up because I think he could be a league winner. And with that new offense with Doug Peterson and everything down there in Jacksonville, He's a very talented running back that a lot of people forget was a first-round pick. I am selling all news. Jaguars backfield, I'm out on – I've decided I'm out on Travis Etienne, maybe in full-point PPR, but I just really don't see the ceiling for him. This team last year, sure, they brought in some new pieces. Christian Kirk I saw limped off the field the other day. Don't know the extent of the injury. But Jacksonville, dead last in points per game last season at 14.9 just over two touchdowns per game. You want your running backs to get chances in the red zone. You want them to score touchdowns. That's a big part of the points that they do put up. I don't think ETN's going to have any – I don't think he's going to score anywhere close to 10 touchdowns, which is what you want out of elite running back. Full point PPR, sure, he can James White you a nice top 16 season, I, I'd say at the most. I just, I'm out. I'm selling all the hype, especially as a rebuilder to another rebuilder who wants to invest. James Robinson, if he starts, you know, if he's worth a couple second round picks or more, I'm selling. I just, no draft capital. The, the, the people that brought him in are way gone, long gone. He's coming off a torn Achilles. I just, I think James Robinson's best days are behind him so i'm just out on the jaguar jaguars backfield at this point all right that's going to be our reports from around the realm section and we're going to be getting into our new segment uh it is called royal decree all right welcome everybody in royal decree section this is where all of us are going to be putting our royal stamp of approval our wax seal on a player this year to do well so similar to some other people in the fantasy community that uh that pick a guy and they stick with them for the full year so us in particular uh we're going to be calling it royal decree and we're going to do it every year right around this con right around this time right before the preseason so we like to do things in a snake draft style around here so super producer let's uh let's have the order give us the order let's go with jace Max and uh, Peter. Ooh, I don't like the back turn here. <laughs> All right. Well, I will kick us off. The guy I'm going to put my – I'm going to plant my flag on um, to have a really successful breakout-like season. I'm actually going to go with two guys. I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos, Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton. I'm going to lump them into one right now. I just – Russell Wilson is their quarterback, and I think right now both of them are just going at such a great value in redraft and dynasty startups. So right now, according to Fantasy Pros ADP, half PPR scoring, 
um, the redraft ADP. Jerry Judy is going as wide receiver 23 and Cortland Sutton going as wide receiver 24. I mean, how is, how is he going in front of Cortland Sutton? That's... I mean, I, I think it's kind of pick your poison. I think Cortland Sutton probably has got some more touchdown kind of boom bust upside where Jerry Judy, I think it ended up being kind of a safer floor, less touchdown upside kind of guy. That's just kind of how I see it breaking down. But I mean, the fact that these guys are borderline top 24 guys just baffles me. Like when's the last time we saw Russ not be able to support some sort of top 24 weapon, if not two top 12 guys, if not two top 10 guys, like uh, especially on a weekly basis. Exactly. Like Russell's arguably in the best situation he's ever been in in his entire career with the coaching staff that really wants to finally let him cook. And Pete Carroll's not there to uh, just, you know, muck things up with his run heavy scheme. So I just not there to chew gum really obnoxiously. Right. Run the ball while he's in between shoes. But the fact that you can get these guys at wide receiver, 24 wide receiver, uh, 23 price in redraft right now means people really aren't viewing these guys that highly. I think redraft ADP is a good way to kind of take a peek into how people value um, guys in for the upcoming season. So just great values. I, I traded Chris Olave straight up for Jerry Judy as a rebuilder. I just think you're going to attach yourself to a Hall of Fame quarterback and Russell Wilson. Good things are going to happen. So give me either one of these guys, whichever one falls in your lap later in drafts. I, I just think I'm completely fine with wherever they're going right now. I, I really do enjoy these two guys moving into this upcoming season. Cortland Sutton is being undervalued, but he just has the reek of Drew Locke still stuck on him. Uh, and Jerry Judy has the reek of dropping all those passes still stuck on him. Great values for this upcoming season. And I think they're probably the safest play that we've got in this little segment today. Max, yeah, kick it over to you. Yeah, I would definitely say they are the safest play that we have in this little list here. Mine is uh, A.J. Dillon. I am just in love with AJ Dillon. I mean, you could pause that. You could do whatever you want. You could clip that. <laughs> I love this man. I think, I mean, Jason and I are both big zero running back guys. He's like the zero running back King to me, just because you can get him in such a later round. Um, the one of the reasons that I love AJ Dillon is just on the hypothetical chance that Aaron Jones goes down. I think AJ Dillon skyrockets into a top five running back role. I really do. Um, Shout out to the fantasy footballers for this quick stat here from weeks from week four on AJ Dillon averaged 14.6 opportunities per week where Jones averaged 15.4. And right now his ADP and like redraft is running back 26. And I think that's absolutely crazy that you could get this guy who given an injury could literally be the top five running back. I really do believe. So I love the offense. I love the system. I love the workload that he gets. There's not many mouths to feed there because they lost Devontae Adams. Yes, they have Aaron Jones, but give me all the shares of AJ Dillon that you could get. I think he's great for a competitor. He's like, we talked about him last week, Peter. I know you mentioned him. He's great for a competitor. If you want to have that dart throw, like if Aaron Jones goes down, I have AJ Dillon bang. He's also great for a rebuilder as well. So I think he's that kind of guy that fits both windows. And that's really rare to come by with, uh, with running backs. Yeah, I, I like that. I've been a big proponent uh, of A.J. Dillon for a long time. 
I just he he's great. He's shown the ability to catch passes when called upon. Rodgers is a big trust guy. He's already had a year with Rodgers. He scored points when it matters. Um, I, I like the cost. I'm very into the Tony Pollard's, Alexander Madison's, AJ Dillon's, all those high end handcuffs. I want them on my redraft team. I want them on any kind of competitive team. And uh, like you said, just such great value. I was actually looking at his um, dynasty ranking real quick on pro football reference and PPR scoring, which is the only thing available, but this is uh, from a consensus of 25 experts, quote unquote experts like us. And I am squinting my eyes looking for Mr. AJ Dillon. RB 21. So that's kind of where people are valuing him in dynasty, but 23 years old Rogers, you know, could potentially stick around for three more years. Uh, he's 24 max is telling me, but you know, Aaron Jones, I think he's going to be great, but showed a little bit of injury proneness last year, if you will, if that's a real word, I think he sprained his MCL. It's kind of a miracle that he came back because when the injury first happened, I remember it looked like a season ender. So, you know, the cliff comes quick for those aging running backs. So AJ Dillon could just easily be the next great one in line and, I don't think he's going to be Derrick Henry, but it reminds me a lot of DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry in Tennessee a handful of years ago. So I love it. Absolutely love it, Max. Yeah, moving on. I feel like we've talked about A.J. Dillon a lot, so we won't go too much into depth here. But here's a guy that we talk about and we reference probably every week on the podcast. At some point he gets referenced. But we really don't talk like analytically or statistically about Mr. Elijah Moore. Again, my bias is up front. I am a New York Jets fan, but we saw flashes of brilliance from his rookie season. New England in week seven, he put up 10. Then, so we're going to move from week seven to week 13. He put up 10, 10, 23, 12, 25, 7, and 17. He averaged out this past season at 12 fantasy points per week as a rookie, only playing and booming in some of those games. He really had that stretch of six games that he was in, caught a bad injury bug down the stretch, which was really sad. He was just starting to, to turn things around, and the offense was starting to look a lot better down the stretch too. I think this upcoming season, he is an absolute value if you're not playing in a league with me. If you're not playing with me, you could probably pick him up for a first and a second at this point, maybe a tiny tad bit more depending on how much the owner likes him. He's currently being rostered in 100% of leagues and started in 65 of them right now. He's in 65% of starting lineups if in leagues right now, which is absurd when you're thinking about a 22-year-old wide receiver and all the rookies from this past season. Uh, like I, I really don't see a world that he doesn't finish as a top 36 wide receiver this season. It, outside of uh, just the injury bug, which is normal for any player to receive, the way that this offense is progressing, we know Makai Becton is going to be out for the season, but they're already replacing him most likely with Dwayne Brown, uh, formerly of the Seattle Seahawks, who was, who was an incredible left tackle. So they're going to figure out a way to replace the offensive line and, and get Elijah Moore cooking. By the way, he also had probably the coolest one-handed catch I've seen in camp, next to Zach Wilson's one-handed catch. So, I mean, yes, Peter, Elijah Moore, we know you love Elijah Moore, and you mentioned how in leagues that you don't play in, which is sadly, I don't play in many that you don't play in, Peter. So I, I don't have any Elijah Moore shares. But what would you as an irrational owner be wanting for Elijah Moore? Like what's a price? As an irrational owner or as a rational owner? No, you're irrational. I'm, I'm asked because you kind of said in a rational league if you can get him for a first and a second. But what's your price, Peter? That's what I'm genuinely curious about for the listeners to just 
drop their jaw and be like, this guy's crazy. So I'm excited for it. All right. You ready? My Jets fandom is worth a first round pick additionally. So now we're sitting at two and a half, right? So that's just my fandom. And then I'm high on him enough. So in my book, he's probably worth two and a half firsts at his fair value in my actual fantasy football books from what I saw on the field last year in that stretch. So now we're sitting at three and a half first and then taxes and fees is an extra second round pick. So <laughs> probably around four firsts. Mm. Is this super flex or one quarterback? One singular quarterback. Okay. It's still just an astronomical high price. I mean, Oh, it, and it is. And I don't expect anybody to pay it. Super flex is four first as well. Superflex probably three and a half. Three oh <laughs> the taxes and fees get so taken. No, sales off. tax. I, I waive the sales tax and superflex. You're uh, too kind here, you know. Then mm, wow. But he's a cash so, only establishment, so you gotta run to the yeah. ATM first. Um all under the table. Yeah. I I want to jump in and talk about Elijah Moore too, because I do think this is kind of the probably one of the last moments you can grab him be, before he does skyrocket. And if he does skyrocket, he will be worth that because the dude, the dude's just wicked fast, great hands. I, man, I would have taken him in the first round of our rookie draft a couple seasons ago when he was uh, rookie eligible, uh, just coming out of college, I would have taken him in the first and he slipped to the second and I traded out of that draft. Cause I didn't think I was going to get him at like one ten. Um, he was my, he was going to be my guy at the back end of the first. I, I'm enamored with his talent. Um, he led the Jets in receiving last year with what 500 something yards. Yeah, it's, 500, it's 538 yards. Team. That's terrible, but got, you know he got all those yards, all those yards in like six games. Yeah, he he played in 11 games, but he started in six. Um, racked up 77 targets in 11 games. I mean, you know. Zach Wilson's going to need someone safe and that can do a lot after the catch. I feel like he's going to be checking it down to Elijah Moore short all over the place. They're going to get some rapport going. I think he's just going to, I think he's going to be a target monster and I think he can do a lot of amazing, amazing things after the catch. So I think he's, you know, the report already came out. He's firmly the number one on the team. I've been thinking that ever since uh, Garrett Wilson was drafted. I think Garrett Wilson's a lot more of a 50, 50 ball than people necessarily want to admit, but uh, just to kind of give a feeler on his price right now, he is the wide receiver 22 in PPR uh, fantasy pros consensus rankings. Again, that that's 25 um, different sources. And I think if you're paying that kind of price, if you can steal him in a one quarterback league for a back in 23 first with how enamored people are with that class, that's a hundred percent something I, I would do. And uh, I wanted to throw it back to my picks, Jerry Judy and um, Cortland Sutton. I wanted to talk about where they're ranked in dynasty on the same source. Sutton is the wide receiver 23. Jerry Judy is the wide receiver 25. Um, so right in that Elijah Moore rank, he's at 22 again. So if you could flip your Cortland Sutton as closer to a rebuilder, um, to a competitor Ooh, for Elijah Moore straight that. up, I would do that so, so, so fast. So just kind of a way to tie those uh two subjects together. Yeah. So I just wanted to hop in and play a little devil's advocate. Is there any concern from you guys that 
a lot of uh, Elijah Moore's production came when uh, Mike White was the primary quarterback, or I don't even know if maybe Joe Flacco was in some of those games as well, but just having Wilson as the primary quarterback for him, is there any concerns? I think that you can reasonably be concerned. Like you can be concerned as much as you want to be, but so Elijah Moore was a first six game rookie on a terrible team with a learning quarterback. So he did not play well those first six weeks. Then the following six weeks, he played well, but Zach Wilson had his ACL sprain or MCL sprain. So he kind of missed him there. And then by the time Zach Wilson was really ready to get back and get going, Elijah Moore went down with his injury. So I think it was kind of, it's kind of unfair to assume that Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore won't do well. But I think it's definitely something I would keep an eye out the first couple weeks. If Elijah Moore starts out, let's say by week three, he's not in the top 36 at wide receiver. I think that's when you're really going to have some cause for concern. Yeah, I, I think right here, this is kind of one of those situations where the sample sizes are just really small both ways with and without um, Zach Wilson. Elijah Moore played seven games or appeared in seven games with Zach Wilson and was without Zach Wilson for four games. That sample size is just way, way, way too small. I think you kind of got to trust the NFL on this one. Zach Wilson was the number two pick overall, and for good reason. He's got wicked arm talent. And Elijah Moore was a great second-round investment with a great production profile coming out of college. Uh, Young, produced, dominated, everything you want. So I think you kind of just got to trust your gut and kind of fade away from the stats on this one. Zach Wilson's the best quarterback over there. And I'm the I'm a believer that Elijah Moore is the best receiver over there. Um, so from a 100%. dynasty perspective, I, I just I really don't worry about it long term wise in the NFL this upcoming season. I just I'm not worried about it. All right. With that being said, we're going to run into our 2021 season superlatives. So we're going to be handing out some awards uh, for this past 2021 season. And uh, we're going to have a special guest speaker at the end. So our special guest speaker will be Max. He's going to be receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award. So let's get right into our superlatives. All right. We are running into 2021 season superlatives. I think we're going to start a little bit on a lighter note, a little bit on a lighter note. I wanted to start with our 2021 most embarrassing start of the year. What was your most embarrassing start of this past year? And we'll come to a consensus and find out which one was the most embarrassing. Yeah, I guess I'll, uh, I'll kick us off here. We were going through this and looking at it before the episode. Mine is uh, DeAndre Carter versus PCAT in the first round of the fantasy playoffs. Um, PCAT is Peter, for all that don't know. But in the, in the quarterfinals, I literally started DeAndre Carter, who I'm sure a lot of you guys couldn't even tell me what team he's on. But I flexed him in there, and uh, I still beat Peter. So, Peter, DeAndre Carter is now your dad. So is it embarrassing on my end, this start? And mine. I mean, the fact that, like, <laughs> I had that little depth that, I mean, I really did between injuries and just stuff that happened you're, that I start DeAndre. You trotting out Rotzenberger at quarterback. And Ben, Big Ben, and still won a championship. It just goes to show you that if you're going to win a championship, a lot of things have to go your way between luck and injuries and depth. I mean, you really, really need depth or else – We'll get into it later, but you need depth. 
Yeah, I feel like mine is kind of weak sauce, honestly. Like I, I really thankfully didn't have many really bad start sit decisions. And right now I can just kind of feel karma breathing over my shoulder and it's just going to be a disaster this upcoming season. So I think I'm going to get into that stress-free fantasy football you were talking about earlier in the podcast there, Peter. I think I'll use that monarchy code and get a hundred dollars in free bonus cash when I sign up, just a quick little plug there. But I, uh, week 10 last season, I, Aaron Jones was my RB one. I needed an RB two. And uh, I was kind of a zero RB guy at this point already. A lot of depth on the bench, though. Kareem Hunt, Tony Pollard, A.J. Dillon, Elijah Mitchell, to name a few. And I decided to go with Miles Gaskin at Baltimore in Week 10. And I started him over Tony Pollard, A.J. Dillon, and Elijah Mitchell. Uh, Each one of those guys easily outscored him. A.J. Dillon actually went 21 carries, 66 yards, two touchdowns, two catches for 62 yards. Uh, He would have done well right beside Mr. Aaron Jones, which was a strategy I kind of played with later in that season. But yeah, just I just couldn't quit Miles Gaskin last season. Um, And if you guys remember, he kept doing that thing every other game. He'd do great or every other game. He would he just kept flip flopping between just awesome games and just horrific games. And I, I caught a horrific one there and I didn't get out from under him in time. And now he's still sitting on that roster worth nothing. All right, we'll move into mine really quick. I think mine is probably the most embarrassing. I think I catch the most embarrassing uh, start, just award in general, because Max kind of dunked on me with his embarrassing start, beating me with with the uh, bad player. And then mine here, I remember starting Rondell Moore for multiple weeks after his breakout. Um, I was enamored by him. Kev K, shout out Kev K, actually came on the podcast. Oh, had a Rondell Moore special <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, if you're a true OG, you'll remember that. Oh, yeah. That was insane. Uh, the yeah. Rondell Moore hype. I was not even thinking about trading him for a first and a second at that time. <laughs> uh, oh, boy, did I do I wish I traded him for that. I ended up getting a lot less for him later. But I ended up playing Rondell Moore uh, and definitely, definitely regretted it when he would put up two, three, four points after his 20-point nuke in, like, week three. Oh, the tough thing was too, you know, I, I, I respect the process week three, the week after that 20 point, just monster seven for one 14 um, and a touchdown through the air. I just crazy. I mean, we we're all just enamored with him. He had Jacksonville the very next week. So it was like time to smash, man. Like I probably would have done the same thing. And then he put up two catches on two targets for one yard. And one rushing attempt for three yards. So just fantastic 1.4 half PPR points. I do remember when you turned down a first rounder for him, Peter, and I said, you're a crazy <laughs> man. And uh, you're like, oh, no, man, he's, he's so young. First rounders, this and that. Like, he's going to be a good stale piece on my team. And look where he is now. I mean, he's impressing in camp, but I guess basically everyone under the sun is impressing under the camp, impressing in camp. I actually wanted to tell a story that I uh, I uncovered while I was doing some research here. Ooh. And I think listeners will like it. Peter, I know you're going to love the story. But we talk about decisions all the time, start sit. This is why you should play underdog so you don't have to make these decisions like Peter. But, um, Peter, I just wanted to take you down a trip off memory lane since this is our year anniversary. Um, we did play in the first round of the playoffs last year. And if you would have started Jalen Hurts, you would have beat me. 
which would have been so much fun, right? And then if we progress and we keep going down memory lane, you would have beat Steven in the second round as well. And, you know, there was no week 17 matchup for you. So I had to go into your team and based on who you would start, add up all your points and see if you would have beaten Jace. And uh, believe it or not, Peter, all you had to do was was start Jalen Hurts versus me. And you would have beat Jace because you would have scored 114 points where Jace scored 112. So you're so close to a fantasy. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even know this. Oh, this is what I chose to be ignorant. No, no, no. Chose to be ignorant. It's just uh, you got to make the right decision. So play underdog. Don't be like Peter. You could have a fantasy championship (laughs) right now. You could have a little gold medal by your name on sleeper, but instead wants to start Dak Prescott. Who? Hint, hint. Peter's fading him this year for when we get into it in the next episode. So Peter, I hope you learned your lesson. (laughs) Well, Max, you know. I think I said something uh, to a similar effect that even if I'm 80 years old, it's my first championship. I'm going to find the nursing home that you're rotting in. I'm going to wave. I'm going to build a trophy just to wave it in front of your face. I don't even care if you don't even know who I am at that point in your life. Who are you? I'm going to wave it in front of your face. And it's going to be the, the one of the best days of my life. It'll probably be like right up there when I have kids and then get married one day. I think it'll be like, like if those are like S moments, it'll be an A moment. You know, and I, I sit here, I think I'm like, you know, like how can I stop Peter from winning this year? And crazy thoughts go past my mind, Peter. And I think about trading you straight up, Kyle Pitts or Derrick Henry in a dynasty format, just so that you can't win. But mm, I can't do it, Peter. <laughs> All right. So I think this year's most embarrassing start. I feel like it has to be DeAndre Carter. Uh, I feel like DeAndre Carter, and, you know, you can throw egg on my face. I'll allow it. I lost to DeAndre Carter in the fantasy playoffs, I think. I feel like that's the start of an AA meeting when I'm able to, like, tell the group, it's fantasy football AA. I am <laughs> Peter. Hi, Peter. I lost to DeAndre <laughs> Carter in the fantasy playoffs, and if I didn't, I would have won the championship. Uh, mm. Mm. So that, that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> For those of you that can't see, this is bad radio. Max is literally crying laughing at me right now. So that's where we're, <laughs> we're at right now. It sits, um, Peter. It really does, especially when you break it down and the road that you could have had and the money you could have had in your bank account, which then could have turned into more. I mean, you, you could be living a completely different life, Peter. Who knows? Maybe I wouldn't be studying for the CPA if I won. All right, let's move forward. Uh, This is going to be an honorary award every year given to the most consistent player in our podcast's mind. Uh, There's a player that goes by Mr. Consistency from this, not not this most previous season, but the one before. Uh, I deem Stefan Diggs Mr. Consistency. And every year we're going to be giving out a new Mr. Consistency award. This year's recipients or participants are Justin Jefferson, JT, and Cooper Cup. And to present the award, Jace, take it away. This is your guy. Oh, yeah. This, this one's got to be Cooper Cup here. I mean, uh, you know, what is he like? What, one of four wide receivers to win the Triple Crown or one of six? I forget. I should be more organized and have that off the rip. But I don't. History was made, though. Um, and I, I had him all over the place. I had him in redraft. I had him in my dynasty league. Um, Happy and- boy. Oh man, what a good freaking time that last season was. But 
the thing I remember too, and if there were any, uh, if there are any Cooper Cup 2021 owners out there right now, you just remember every week him just going crazy and crazy and crazy. And you'd be sitting there going, he's got to regress. He's going to just like fart the bed this upcoming week. And then you get done with uh, the week's games. You look at your, your matchup and he put up another 20 points and uh, another hundred something yards and a touchdown or two. Just, it was unbelievable. Each week I was waiting for him to just, to just, run out of flames but he just didn't and it lasted all the way through to the super bowl so just an incredible incredible season and it was a lot of fun to watch and hopefully i know he's probably not going to repeat but i am definitely rooting for him too cooper cup is our 2021 mr consistency award winner so this year we'll be referring to him as mr consistency i'm sorry stefan once a winner always a winner uh, of the award but that label will not be referring to you this year now let's move into our final award of the night, a little bit of a shorter award show superlatives, uh, but it's just our first year. So we're gonna see if you guys like the segment, we'll bring it back next year around this time. Uh, I had this idea last night uh, and I thought I wanted to give a lifetime achievement award similar to Arthur Ashe award for courage. The Oscars give their lifetime achievement award. I know they just gave it to Samuel L. Jackson and I feel like I would be wrong not to give the lifetime achievement award and to name it after this person so we have the official max zoller trade of the year lifetime achievement award in the field of trading max a speech yeah i mean first and foremost i feel like any speech you got to thank your lord and savior jesus christ so thank thank jesus um and then you know i, I want to thank you guys for uh, believing in me giving me this award uh, a lot of uh, a lot of Trade anonymous meetings have happened between you guys and me. Just, you know, Max, we're worried about you, this, this, and that. But I would really say it's all paid off for this award. And, uh, you know, kind of just want to keep it short. I have brought my worst trade with me that I've made in recent memory. And I've also brought one of my best trades with me. And I wanted to share those if we have time. Do we have time, Peter? Uh, I'm not playing you off. The band isn't playing you off the stage yet. So you're good. All right. Real quick here, my worst trade. Uh, I was like, you know, I'm shoving my chips all the way in. I'm going to win it all. Um, I traded Jalen Waddle for Kenny Galladay straight last year. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> this, is like, uh, this is like your Sharknado. Jeez. Yeah. And, and any good trader, they're going to have trades like this. And you can look I back. remember. I think I remember where we were when you made the trade. We were in the kitchen in college when you made this trade. I could be wrong, but I feel like we were still in college when you made that trade. I remember you thinking that I got a good deal and that I really <laughs> Ooh, won that trade. Don't, don't say care. that. I do. So, I mean, every oh, trader God. is going to have bad trades, whether it's in the stock market and fantasy. It makes it fun. We can laugh about it now. Thankfully, I uh, I won, as we just learned. You know, Peter could have won, but I won. Peter, sorry. Um, my best trade, uh, Nick C, this one's coming at you now, <laughs> as you can probably know, uh, Nick C, it was March 4th, 2021. I might have to put this on my calendar. Um, Nick C wanted Jonathan Taylor and I was like, Nick C, it's a steep price. And I know we were negotiating back and forth for a very, very long time. And eventually I was like, you know, like, I just, I don't want to do it. Nick C, like I want Jonathan Taylor and kind of like Peter, he came to me with an offer. I could not refuse, um, he, I gave him Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, and Juju, who, I mean, is Juju. Uh, he gave me the running back. Now, uh, now, let's take your time just so that everybody really hears what Nixie gave you. 
Okay, so basically for Jonathan Taylor, Nick C gave me the next season's tight end number one in Mark Andrews, the wide receiver one in Cooper Cup, the f- <laughs> the number one running back for the first nine weeks in Derrick Henry, um, the 49ers defense, and – a 2021 second round pick next year on top. I love all the assets that has really helped me to build the championship team that I had. And without you, it wouldn't be possible. So thank you, Nixie. Collusion. Collusion. No problem, man. <laughs> it's really good to see that you actually want it. Uh, you know, I mean, you'd be hard pressed not to win after a trade like that, but <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, Talk about probably one of the worst trades of all time on my end. Uh, I think about it many, many a nights and at least I lay it wasn't sleepless. For Clyde. At Ew. least it wasn't for Clyde. I could see an alternate world where somebody would do that for Clyde a year ago, Absolutely. two years ago. Absolutely. And also, you're back right into the thick of things this upcoming season. CMC, Saquon, and Jonathan Taylor all on the same team to go along with Mike Evans and some other pieces. I think, uh, you know it's funny to look back on those things because you're right back in it. And I think that speaks to your ability to make the right trades as well. Yeah. Like, like Max said, man, I mean, they're, they're really, uh, you can't beat yourself up over the bad trades because everybody's going to have them. I mean, I have a couple that, you know, I mean that, that being the, the chief one, but there's a couple more that I look back and I'm like, Oh man, just kicking yourself. But I mean, you just got to move forward and keep making the deals. So. I feel like we should definitely do we've talked about it in the past a bad beats episode it can be sports betting or fantasy related and i think if we do i think both of those might make a return appearance on that podcast therapy for sure. <laughs> a nice fantasy football group therapy session yeah absolutely all right that is going to wrap it up for our 2021 superlatives little short kind of fun thing that we did uh to celebrate the one year we're going to be doing it every year so Submit your ideas for future categories if you'd like that on the Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Uh, and with that being said, let's get into the last part of the show a one year anniversary Max's trade corner. Let's go. Yeah, you know, I, I came here and I, I gave Peter a call on the way home from the zoo today, and I was thinking about things that I could do for the trade corner. I said, Peter, like, what if I come to you with five different trades? And we can talk about them on air. You can kind of break down your thoughts on them. Hopefully strike a deal. I know that you gave the odds of us striking a deal, but plus 220 before the show. Um, after the show and everything that we've talked about, I think they might they should probably go up to like plus 2,000. Um, really? But, but they're, they're going to be said, and I just want to hear your opinions on them, Peter. And some live, live feedback, live trade feedback. Yeah, some live From somebody feedback. who is a little bit more conservative. From someone who's a little bit more conservative. So, Peter, I'm just going to read through um, the trades, and you can stop me when you hear one that you like. Or if you don't like it at all, just just push it to the side and say no, okay? All right. And for anybody out there, this is currently a Superflex League uh, full-point PPR. All right, PCAT. So there's three different categories that you can put it into. Uh, a maybe, uh, yes, you want to do the trade right away, or a no, okay? Okay. I'm getting my I'm getting my nose ready. Yeah, I'm ready to hear a lot of them. All right, the first one is I send you AJ Brown, PCAP, Okay. and you send me Elijah Moore and a 23 second. No. Okay. Sure. Now, 
a little bit of live feedback. Like I mentioned earlier, Elijah Moore is borderline untouchable. He is the best receiver on my team and he's young and he has a lot of potential. I could never forgive myself. I trade him like that. Okay. AJ Brown is great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And I'm probably stupid for not taking the deal, but. Your team is in, like, I was looking at it. You got a lot of guys that you could compete. I mean, like with some lucky breaks, but you also have a lot of young talent. Um, You don't have your own first round pick. I actually have it and that'll be in some trades. So if you wanted to rebuild, which I think might be the move, just given Mari Cooper and some of the wide receivers that you have, you could use that first rounder, but neither here nor there. The next one, I think it's going to be a no as well, but I got to say it. I brought it to the show. Um, I receive Elijah Moore. Oh, and of course. You receive Christian Watson and Traylon Burks. No, thank you. I know that sounds crazy as well. I know it sounds crazy. Don't get me wrong. Christian Watson is a big question mark this upcoming season. I actually was the one that kind of brought his attention to the uh, podcast through the Senior Bowl. I love, I love his skill set. Don't get me wrong, but the injuries and being on a pup and being a rookie do not bode well for him this upcoming season. Um, and then beyond that, Traylon Burks has a lot of question marks surrounding him this upcoming season as well. Am I dumb for declining this? Most likely, yes. I'd, I'd give myself a 70-30% chance to say I'm, I'm wrong in saying no, um, but I'm still going to say no because of my fandom. Fandom won't allow me. I'd need to be really blown away. You'd have to add Cooper Cup into that for me to basically say yes. Totally understand. Um, I know you're going to say no to this one as well. This is the last trade involving Elijah Moore. So for the listeners out there, they're like, oh, Max is trying to pry this guy away. Last oh, one. my God. My cold – I could be in the ground, and I would hold on to Elijah Moore still. Yeah, so Superflex League, I'm willing to offer Traylon Burks and your personal first-round pick of 2023 for Elijah Moore. I cannot do that either. Okay. All right. For the, for so, the, for the reasons aforementioned, I cannot do this. Yep, totally understand. Um, the next one, I give you Traylon Burks. You give me Terry McLaurin and a second. That is a little more interesting. I would put that in a maybe pile for right now. Now, what now if I'm somebody and then I think this is great, just in an overarching trade kind of value. All of these trades have dealt with Traylon Burks moving from Max's team. So if I'm somebody that's receiving a lot of trade offers from a certain person and a same, the same person's in it a lot. I feel like they know something I don't know, or they're very low on a certain player. So I would just take that as a grain of salt. Think of that and say, why is Max looking to trade Traylon? Is he buying this news out of camp? Does that make me want to buy the news out of camp? So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Which I think is a good point. Um, when you look at my team, I have seven 23 first round picks. And oh. then I have... I have DK, AJ Brown, Traylon Burks, and Christian Watson, and then a bunch of bums on the roster. So I don't have much to deal with, especially if you're like in this weird phase of like competing or not competing. Um, And DK doesn't get moved. So it's like, I can really only trade those three players or some first round picks that I don't want to move, but that's where we're at there. Um, Baby, what do you think of that trade? I know you're really big on Terry McLaurin. Well, run it past me one more time, Max. Uh, I received Terry McLaurin and a 23-second. PCAT receives Traylon Burks. Yeah, I would easily pay that for Traylon Burks if I were the Terry McLaurin and second-round pick holder. I would pay that. Um, 
if I had Traylon and I was offered that, I would have to be a lot closer to competing than than rebuilding. I would much rather have Traylon as a rebuilder, um, 100%. So yeah, I think right now we're Traylon's being priced too. I feel like honestly, that's a relatively good deal too, um, to get Traylon for that price. I think if he does show signs of being the wide receiver that he was drafted to be and a, a true superstar and just a freak of nature, then I think he'll be worth a lot more than that in the future. And I think he'll approach into that multiple firsts plus territory uh, because he's, he's oozing up upside. So do you think uh, that this is Traylon's floor in his value? Um, no, I think if he struggles a little bit and has some rookie struggles, I could really see people kind of jump and ship on him pretty quickly, which I think you could probably acquire at a much, much cheaper rate, especially in super flex. Um, and when that 2023 class rolls around, if Traylon disappoints that 2023 quarterback class is going to push down all the skill position guys. And if you could at that point acquire Traylon for an early 23 first or, you know, an early 23 first and a late 23, or excuse me, an early 23 second and a late 23 second or some kind of combination of that. Oh man, I think you're like, you know, stealing candy from a baby at that point, just way too easy. Cause I, I, I really love Traylon long-term and this upcoming season. All right, Max, let's keep pumping them. Yep. That goes into the maybe category. I actually brought six trades with me here, Peter. Oh, um, you cooked up one on the spot. No, I was cooking up during the episode. Um, I received Drake London. You receive your own 23 first back. That is very interesting to me. Very interesting. Gives me a lot of autonomy with my team this upcoming season. At this moment in time, I'm not researched enough on what I want to do with my team. Uh, I know we're only a couple of weeks away from the season starting, but again, you can, uh, it's not like, it's not like Rome. Rome obviously was built not in a singular day, but I feel like a fantasy football team can kind of make a big decision and be torn down and rebuilt kind of fairly quickly. So I feel like I'd still have a little bit of time, but that's something interesting if that's going to be like a perma deal before the season ends. Oh, these were all deals that we're trying to strike tonight, Peter. Um, We can't just have deals. This is the, uh, this is the ultimate Peter. You have till midnight. It's three minutes till midnight. Currently. This is good. This is good. But I mean, it just wouldn't be fair for these deals just to sit out there. Um, I think a little rebuttal here, Peter, just while we're talking, I think I would be willing to give you Nick Akini Westbrook and the 23 first for oh boy. for uh, Drake London. Since Nick Akini's, uh, I know you're a big depth chart guy these days, and he's number one on the depth chart. So. WR1. All right, that's definitely the maybe pile. I'm definitely thinking about that one. Okay, and then my last one, which I think will probably be in the maybe category as well. Um, it's more if you wanted to re- like go for it this year, which I think you have a chance to. Again, you're in the middle here. Um, I give you A.J. Brown. You give me Jamison Williams and the 23 first that you own. Who's 23 first, is it? It's Kevin. That's a big question. It's Kevin's. You're only 23 first. To be honest, when I when I look at my roster construction, I see that I have Amari Cooper starting at wide receiver, I, or he's starting at flex for me, um, and that's definitely concerning, uh, especially given the Deshaun Watson news. It's not like AJ Brown is young, 
but it's not like he's old. So he is at, he's at a perfect wide receiver age. He's not that super baby, but he's not an old fart yet. So really I'm giving up a player who has a very high ceiling in Jamison Williams, but he probably won't play this year. Uh, And a future first round pick. I'd rather go for it than rebuild with this middle ground team. So Max, I'll accept that. Wow. There we go. (laughs) A live trade. This is the first live trade in a long time. No doubt. PCAT, I love the trade. I sent it over. Um, What'd you guys think? I mean, Jace, Nick, see of that little trade corner there, those live negotiations. I started with my lowest trade. I knew he wasn't going to accept any for Elijah Moore. Had to get those no's out of the way. I knew those middle ones were kind of maybes, and this was the best one, so I was saving it for last. Yeah, I I thought it was – the Elijah Moore ones I knew weren't going to happen. I think you made some really, really, really enticing offers. I mean, some flat-out overpays. What was the one? It was Traylon and – who was it? And Watson, Christian Watson. Traylon and Watson for Elijah Moore. I love Elijah Moore as as much as the next guy, but I would take that. I mean, that just feels like, oh, baby, that's a real job right there. But – as it uh, pertains to those final trades that you're talking about, I, that Terry McLaurin one uh, for Traylon and uh, Terry McLaurin in a second for Traylon, I like that value right there. I think that's a trade you could easily see go through in any kind of one quarterback or super flex league. Uh, that feels like a standard price both ways. So I like that one. I think uh, anybody with those pieces right there just got a potential trade right there in their head. Um, and then the one that you guys came through on, like, I love, 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 love AJ Brown. Like if he hits, I, I, on this podcast, I said, he'd be a future hall of famer, which that's looking like super duper bold at this point, but on a per route basis, a per game basis, per snap basis, AJ Brown has put up historical, historical analytics. So if he hits, we're talking, you know, top three up there with Justin Jefferson and Jamar chase and you just got him for a relative steal. But at the same time, JMO pops. Some people see a lot of Jamar Chase in his game. I see more Will Fuller. That 23 draft class is going to be insane, especially in Superflex with the quarterbacks being boosted up. So, I, I mean, yeah, I feel like that's kind of fair market value both ways. And I think it was a good deal for both of you guys. And um, Peter, you're going for it. And I think if A.J. Brown smashes, he's going to be a big reason you get to contend for a title. Next seat. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I, I think for your team, that makes perfect sense, Peter. Um, I, I definitely uh, did AJ not Brown agree. Hater. With... Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like AJ hater. Brown, but I, you know, for Yo, you're your really team context, disrespecting Philly for this, bro. <laughs> no, it's, it's more so just disrespecting Jalen hurts. Cause I don't think he can throw the ball oh, straight, but no, it's, it's I do like, I do like the trade for you, Peter. Cause I mean, you get, you get a bona fide wide receiver one, uh, with a guy who's not going to play this year and an unknown asset in a late 23 first. So I think that was a good deal for you, Peter. Good deal for you as well, Max. You get yet another 23 first. Uh, I think you ended up netting J-Jet. You you traded J-Jet and ended up netting J-Mo three firsts and a second, I think, uh, for Justin Jefferson. So I think it, it ended up working out for you. So, Max, now you have eight first-round picks in that league next year? Yeah, I have eight. 75% of the draft. So, you're going to have from pick number – you're going to have from pick number five through pick number 12. 
Yes, yeah, yeah. Pick number five through twelve. Um, yes. With that, with that trade, I have uh, my own first round pick, and I mean my starting roster. I mean I'm going to start Jamison Williams. I mean he's one of. I mean I got to roll out Jamo. Can't Bert, start him. Christian Watson. I mean my team's really really rough right now, um, so it just kind of helps me. You know, with my pick a little more. Being very cautious, knowing the the commission is on the call. Correct, correct, Peter. You got always got to be very particular with your words. But Peter, I'm really glad we could strike a deal. I thought that was one of my favorite trade segments. Um, so I'm happy. I think it was a great deal both ways. Great release from Max. Now is uh, he's got his fix. All right. We wanted to thank everybody for making it to the end. I know a little bit of a longer episode, but to commemorate our one year, wanted to have a nice little longer episode again 52 weeks guys you know just insane uh every tuesday night is one of the highlights of my week if not the highlight of my week just being able to sit back relax forget about everything in the world and talk fantasy football and we hope we can be that kind of release for you guys uh for all of our listeners be that kind of tool be that kind of escape uh for everybody out there as well uh i'll send it around give everybody one last uh, little hoorah before we uh we get out of here, but did want to plug the Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. The two guys over there are Ballin, Jace, and Super Producer Nixie are pumping out content over there. So give us a follow over there. And thanks so much for the one year. Yeah, I really appreciate, obviously, the listeners, because without you guys, I mean, we'd just be kind of talking to ourselves, which we do anyway in the group which, chat. But... Which we ended up doing for a full year. So. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're growing, and I really appreciate the support. I mean, all of us are very truly passionate for it and just want to succeed as a podcast. And I also just wanted to take some time. Obviously, Peter, you do a great job hosting every week. Uh, Jace and Nixie for running the Twitter. Like you guys, Jace, you were editing the episodes there at the beginning. Nixie, now you guys do it. So I feel like I need to step it up in my contribution, but we're all a pod. You guys make me, I mean, I'm very proud of all you guys. So appreciate you guys and excited for the next uh 52 more weeks. Yeah, I, uh, it's been crazy. It's, I was just in the house a couple episodes ago where we decided we were going to start the podcast while I was doing some house sitting. And every time I go over there now, I kind of just look at the house different. I look at the, I sit in the same spot in the kitchen that I was sitting in when we were sitting on our uh, discord chats, kind of planning this thing out. So it's just been a wonderful ride and there's just so much more to come. We're giving away that Javonta Williams signed Jersey. You know, you guys keep supporting us there in the monarchy signing up with our code for underdog. We're going to keep doing stuff like that. Um, sports betting's coming around uh, this upcoming Ooh, yeah. NFL season. We've got a year of sports betting under our belts, a year of doing analysis on that kind of stuff. It's time to make some money. I'm really excited about that. And I just think, uh, doing this podcast and having all these receipts and kind of uh, just a way for our, for ourselves to like put out how we truly feel about guys at certain times of the year is a good way for us to kind of remember um, how a season works, how an off season works, how player value works. And I feel like just over this whole year, we've just become so much better at sports betting, playing fantasy sports. And um, we've said it a thousand times. We want this podcast to be a tool for you guys, the monarchy, our fellow kings and queens out there listening. And I think at this point, um, we're the best we've ever been, but probably the worst we ever will be. We continue Ooh. to get better. And I'm very, very, very excited for that.
Nick C, bring us on home. Yeah, man, I love that, Jace. I, you know, for everybody listening, I mean, you guys can tell that we're all super passionate about this and want to see this go to the next level. I really think that we're on the brink. We talk about it all the time. I mean, we have had a lot of good growth on our social media and stuff, as well as uh, listeners. And I mean, that's really not, that is what it's about, but it, at the same time, it's about connecting with the listeners and kind of putting out good content that can help you guys win leagues. And I think that's all really where the focus is at for us. Um, we're all super juiced up for this upcoming season. I, I think it's going to, it's going to bring some special stuff and, you know, I, uh, I'd be remiss. I know I kind of brought it up earlier on in the episode, but I'd be remiss to, to not extend another uh, thank you to these guys here at the monarchy for, for kind of bringing me on. Cause I know when I joined as a, a lowly intern, <laughs> but I, you know, I mean, these guys kind of gave me an opportunity, gave me some college credit for it. And, uh, you know, we're not making these buku bucks from it, but it's, it's something that definitely fulfills me. And I know fulfills these guys uh, every week. And we're, we're just looking forward to keep bringing that stuff uh, to you guys. So. Yeah. yeah. Fantasy football brings joy. Fantasy football brings a lot of love and, I feel like the most important thing that you can do with your life is bring love to others. So that's kind of how we're, we're doing it. We're, we're trying to spread a little bit of that love that we receive from this game and uh, give it to all of those out there. Any last comments before we uh, wrap it up, get ready for episode 53. One final thing about spreading love shout out to Riker on Twitter, Kev Kukla as always, um, Steven Rance bottom, um, trying to think of a couple guys that are consistently interacting with us and supporting the podcast to everyone that follows us on Twitter and gives us a little weekly or, or this shout out to the sleeping with the numbers podcast. That guy who runs that never officially met him. Um, check out their stuff. He's constantly interacting with us. Thank you to him. Thank you to everyone. Um, that responds John from Binghamton, big fan, John from Binghamton, big fan. Yeah. I know JFD is a big fan. John from Dayton, big yes. fan. Big Mike from New Jersey, Mario from Philly. Yes. Um, a lot of big fans out there that have been there every week. Absolutely. So shout out to you guys. Thank you guys so much for tagging along with us. Um, it really, really does mean a lot and helps us to keep pushing this stuff out. All right. We'll catch everybody for a new episode next week. Enter our jersey giveaway at Dynasty Monarchy. Again, sign Javante Williams' jersey from our friends over at Pristine Auction, 100% authenticated. So sign Javante Williams' jersey over on our Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Subscribe on Apple Pod. Do whatever you have to do. Tell your grandma about us at dinner. Do whatever you got to do to spread the good news. All right. Peace out, everyone. Peace, peace, peace. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens. <laughs>